I probably wouldn't have been able to get past it a few years ago. But what I do is I just, I just come back to right now, this moment. It's constantly pulling me out to these thoughts, but I come back to, to right now and I just say, I'm fine. I'm fine right mm-hmm. now. Like, I'm fine. All this stuff is going on. It doesn't exist. I'm fine right now. Yeah. And a really deep theme that was coming in the past two or three days was that I owe it to myself. I've done bike camp. I've mm-hmm. up-leveled my swim. I'm a fast runner. Like, I owe it to myself to show up. To try. And give it everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. I try. As the days went on, the second day and then the third day, I just became more and more immersed in in the experience ex- itself and just like connecting with the water and the the infinite universe that was, you know, basically out the backside of my head that I wasn't seeing, you know, the sky and and everything and you know, we we talk about the different chakras and just like as I'm swimming, just like connecting with my kayaker. And a lot of times I was swimming, you know, next to Melody and her kayaker and just like connecting with them as we're swimming and just feeling the support and the, the love and just everything that we were doing together. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm Jess, I'm your host, and I'm here today with two super high vibers, two of my favorite people in this whole physical world that we live in. I've got Mary Knott and BJ, my love, my partner, pretty badass athlete himself. So we're kind of combining two smackdowns here today because we had some requests to interview Mary following her four-day scar swim challenge, which she completely crushed. And you're how far out from that now? I think it was about two weeks ago. We about two weeks yeah. ago. And BJ is very fresh out of Ironman Santa Rosa, which was less than 24 hours ago that you crossed the mm-hmm. finish line. We're going to get a super fresh, very raw perspective from BJ. And, uh, and Mary's had two weeks to absorb her experience. So I thought it'd be really cool to bring you guys together and just uh, have you smack it down with me and get into some questions because we've got listener questions. People want to know why you guys, what you do to make you so great. I know what you do to make <laughs> you so great, but I'm going to let you guys talk about it. So welcome, Beach. Oh, Mary. good to be here. Thanks. PJ. Good to be surrounded by high vibers. Yeah. <laughs> high vibe ladies. It's okay. Beach and the ladies. It's always beach and the ladies. It's, it's your divine feminine. So we've decided, we, we've come to the conclusion that BJ was either a female pro triathlete in a previous life or he will be in his next life because he's always right there with the female pro winners. Yeah. 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 So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I have won a, I have won a race in, in your in your tri shorts before. The, yes, the first race he won was in my shorts. So we'll leave it at that. Okay, Mary, Scar Swim Challenge. You've done Ultraman. You've done Ultraman World Championship. You've have many many years of triathlon under your belt. What brought you to the Swim Challenge? Um, it's actually something that my swim training partner brought to my attention. And it was probably about five years ago. Um, The challenge itself has been around, I think this might have been the eighth year 
of existence. Um, and she brought it up and said, hey, like one day I want to do this. And when I was chasing qualifying for Hawaii, you know, you can't, you can't like divert your attention from all the training for that. And so it was just never the right time. And then, um, when I was, you know, last year when we got to like October, November and I was like, I have nothing on the calendar for 2019. I called Mel and I was like, this is our year. Let's, let's apply for SCAR. (laughs) That's how important is it? You just, you just, uh, touched upon something. How important is it when you have a goal to stay focused on it? Um, I mean, for me, it's vital. There's even within SCAR itself, because when we applied and were invited to SCAR in November, and then, um, you know, I, I started training, I think it was like, I think actually I posted a few weeks ago, it was Christmas day that we started training for SCAR. That was when my off season ended. And, um, when the training began, I was going to do Oceanside and I had a few other things on the calendar. And I mean, it did not take long for me to realize that I could not handle thinking about more than one thing. And the training for SCAR was so intense and time consuming that, I mean, I think by, by January or early February, I was like, I'm not doing Oceanside. So, (laughs) so staying focused and BJ, I have a question for you. Um, seeing Mary, you know, go, we've known Mary for a long time now and seeing Mary go for Kona, get Kona, right. Um, go for Ultraman, get Ultraman, go for the world championship, get the world championship, go for Scar, get Scar. What are, what are you learning from her as you're on your finding Kona? Oh, just stay focused on the goal. Yeah. Stay focused on, on you have a, so you have that goal and there's so many opportunities to deviate from it. So in triathlon, man, it's, it floods in you oh, can do yeah. sprints, Olympics. Well, let me, let me just do a few halves. And if that's part of the plan and that's moving you towards the goal, great. But, but more so than not, I think the swimming just really sets the stage. Like you need to go all in for this one thing. Yep. If you want to remove any doubt and uncertainty, like exhaust all options and go all in. So You've heard me have just a couple of thoughts. They're very few these days where I'm like, oh, it'd be nice to go run a 10K like really fast. <laughs> <laughs> That's been coming into yeah. my awareness. Well, and also you've been dipped into the ultra marathon world, the trail yeah. world, yeah. which is a totally different it's, vibe. Yeah. yeah, it's got its, it's it, somebody's it has last a pull. Right? Yeah, yeah, it totally has a pull for sure. And being at Lake Sonoma and Mendocino back-to-back weekends, yeah. like all that high vibrational but low stress and low like like stuff like iron man has a lot of stuff and and i get it that's i'm still gonna do it but uh but yeah i think it's just staying focused and and always letting go of the things that aren't moving you that way so oceanside like oceanside you had already signed up but it just wasn't aligned with probably the amount of volume and time commitment it took but also the mental fatigue you were experiencing and at this point in your life you probably don't want to come up with you know just being able to finish oceanside yeah do well oh i absolutely could have gone and just gotten across the finish line but that's that's just not me yeah so yeah i think i think it's focus it's got to be focused you got to stay focused how has mary helped you um whether she knows it or not Oh, Mary's, How has she helped you stay God, focused? She's certainly a bright light, for sure. Shining through all those thoughts that I have of 
when I do shift, but it's, I think the time we spent in Tremblant, I'll refer to that again, was just really quality, um, really focused. We talked, but we didn't talk. And yeah. it was just like, we both had a, were on a mission to yeah. have great races and nothing seemed to waver that whole trip. And it just really allowed me to be in the, the feeling of what it's yeah. like, you know, yeah. you've already done this. So I just, I just, just let whatever you were doing, just soak into my yeah. life and, and my thought process. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I used to be, um, be categorized as having a quiet confidence, but I think you exude that to an extreme level. Like you're just confident to the, not, nobody will notice. You're just like doing that work inside and it just comes up and shows up every day. Yeah. Uh, when you race. So yeah, to get back to your point, like the focus and my time will come. I'm, I know I'm on a different timeline. If so, I were to say like, I'd got to be on Mary's timeline, that's going to just create that's suffering. That's going to screw you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what does that tell you that you see that quiet confidence at a higher level? You see that in Mary, what does that tell you? Oh, it's in me. It's yeah. in me. And I just need to keep, keep going. Like, I think yesterday you guys were both there. I'm like, I don't feel like I want to, I think I want to take a break. And then it's like, whoa, no. pump the brakes. I've come this far. One race is not going to dictate. No. Nobody fought um, you on that because yeah, we knew it was we a knew. fleeting yeah. thought. All right, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, get yeah. into that. I also, um, the the day that scar ended, I also retired from my open water swimming career, which I then promptly <laughs> retracted 24 hours later. We all do it. And that's why it's so important <laughs> to, awesome. I think it's so incredibly important to know to know, but you really can't know until you embody it through a practice that you're not your thoughts. Yeah. You're not your thoughts. And always keeping all channels open, staying focused on your goal, and no hard lines because you never know what's coming. Like, did you ever see yourself doing a four-day swim event Oh no! back in your Ironman, real Ironman focus days? No. And honestly, like, I don't even really love open water swimming. Um, I, I love the pool. I love to swim. But, um, and, and, you know, Ironman racing is different because it's such a short period of time that you're in the water that you just don't even really like think about it. But, um, even Ultraman, like being in the water for two and a half, three hours, like, yeah, I, I just like, don't love every single thing about open water swimming. (laughs) Right. Well, let's jump in with, um, Stephanie's question, your friend, Steph. How is it possible that you didn't hate swimming at the end? That is a great question. And the funny thing is, like, before I took on this challenge, um, I always looked at collegiate swimmers. Um, my sister was was a swimmer in high school and college. Um, and of all the people that I know who swam competitively when they were younger, I literally know one person who didn't quit swimming the day that their college season ended. And that's Hillary. She has continued to swim and loves swimming. Every other person that I know, like walked away and never looked back. And my sister who has done several Ironman events refused to train for the swim. She was like, Nope, I'll just show up on the day and it'll be what it is. And you know, it's just like, I never understood that mindset. I was like, how, like, I don't like, how, how do you just walk away? Um, and there got to a, a point in training where the volume was such that it felt 
unsustainable. Like I knew there was, there was an end in sight. Um, and if I didn't have that end in sight, like that volume of training felt unsustainable. I was like, I, now I, now I understand why people walk away because they do this for 25 years Whereas I did it for four months. <laughs> right. And you can, t- the body can take a lot more because you're buoyant. You're not, you don't have the yeah. impact. And of course people do have swimming opportunities in their bodies that show up and things like yeah. that over time. But you really can uh, put the body through, I think, a lot more because of that whole yeah. non-impact situation. Exactly. Um, so this is this is a great question for us to be starting off because I want to talk a little bit about your prep and Steph asked some questions about it as well. Uh, what was the most insane week you had? And it might not even be the, the mileage, right? Because yeah. the mileage is just one reference point of your experience leading up to the race. Yeah. Races. I don't know that there was like one week that was more insane than the others because um, Hillary constructed our training plan so that we would know what it was going to feel like to swim that volume over four days. And we were completely prepared for that. Um, But I think the most insane day that we had, our biggest day was 27,500 in the pool. So in the morning um, we did 20,000, which took, I think it was like five hours and maybe five and a half hours, something like that. Um, and so we were like in the water at six, we were done at 11. I literally walked across the parking lot. Thank, thank goodness. Lifetime shares, um, a parking lot with like this breakfast place. And so I walked across the parking lot and I sat and I like ate this massive amount of food. And the the poor kid who like waited on me, he was like, you're going to eat all this yourself. (laughs) But I just sat there and I ate and I drank like six cups of coffee. And then like two hours later, we're getting back in the pool for another (laughs) 7,500. And what does this look like? Because you're training open water swimming. What are the, are the workouts looking like 20,000 straight freestyle or you're mixing it up? Thankfully, no. I mean, that's one of the things that like, I think kept me from, um, hating, hating swimming. swimming. Yeah. Because I mean, honestly, like I, I love to swim and, um, the workouts were very engaging. There were different sets and, um, even, you know, it's not like, it's not like we were getting in and doing, well, what would it be like 200 by 100? Is that 20,000? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but it would be like, we would have like a long set followed by, hundreds on short rest and then a long set followed by hundreds on short rest. And so even throughout the 20,000, it was broken up so that like mentally you were engaged and you had, you know, you were just like being challenged throughout the whole thing. Right. But it still felt like training as opposed to when you get into the water and you're just swimming, there's no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then were you still, she wants, uh, Steph wants to know, were you still biking and running during your training? Um, not very much. I mean, even when Oceanside was still on the table, I was biking like twice a week. Um, and then once we took Oceanside out of the equation, the biking went away. Um, I do have a marathon that I'm running, um, next weekend just for fun with my sister. Um, so we did try to keep like 15 to 20 miles a week running. Uh, and then we just like 
drastically increased that volume after Scar ended. <laughs> well, I mean, we've already got the fit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're oh, so yeah. Fit, right? yeah. And so, actually, this is kind of fun to like see what I can do running on basically swim training. Right. So. Mm. And swimmed, yeah. Like, and that's just, it's kept you really strong, but it's also, you haven't had the impact. Yeah. So how do you yeah. like, how do your legs feel when you're running? Do you feel, feel a great. difference? Yeah, I feel good. And um, we did keep strength training. I was still doing strength training at least twice a week. Um, so, I mean, I, my legs feel strong. All right. And one more question from Steph and then we'll move on is how were you fueling with that much swimming? She would be starving all the time, which I'm assuming you were starving all the time. Yeah. Um, I definitely had to pay a lot closer attention, um, during the workouts before I could, you know, when I was like training for Ultraman, I could hop in and do a 10 K swim on very little calories and be completely fine. And this was just like, I, I had to fuel basically anything over 90 minutes in the water. I had to be very conscious of what I was, how many what calories I was What were you using for fuel? Tailwind. So, so liquid calories? Yeah, liquid calories. Yeah. How, why did you switch from the Martin to the Tailwind? Because you were using Martin for Ultraman, right? Um, yeah, I use both in Ultraman. Okay. And I, I've used Tailwind longer, and I like it um, because of the electrolyte content. That's the biggest difference between um, Martin and Tailwind. Um, Martin's a little easier on the stomach. But with swimming, again, you don't have the, the jostling. The, yeah, massive jostling. That you have to worry about how your stomach's going to take that. And so um, I wanted the electrolytes that are in the tailwind. Okay. And then we'll just cruise into Lupe's question. Cause she's got one, um, for the days that you were doing the double swims, how did you recover in between those times? Um, and did you work on those days? No. Um, sometimes. So my surgery day, which is falls every other week is a short day. So, so sometimes I would, um, swim in the morning. So my pool was open. The, the primary pool that I used was open from five to seven. So we would swim from five to seven. I would go work from like seven thirty till about two and then go back to the pool for an afternoon swim. Um, but a lot, most of our longer, you know, once we got farther along and our longer swims were more like three to four hours, I was not working on those days. So usually I would just go home, eat, try to put my feet up, um, take a nap or just do some work on my computer and then go back and swim. So having a flexible schedule because mm -hmm. you're not, you're not f five days a week in your office. No, no, I'm still part-time. Um, thankfully. So, and then you're coaching too. Yep. And Thankfully, you can coach I from can your bed anywhere. You yep. can coach from your bed, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I think most coaches probably do if they're still actively competing. A lot of work gets done in the bed. Um, and then she wants to know, like, how did you balance everything, like training and work? And um, like, did you look yeah. at your? I don't know how far out Hillary and, and Hillary. If you don't know who we're talking about, it's Hillary Biscay, uh, Ironman legend. Ultraman legend. I mean, the woman is amazing. Found, founder of Smash Fest Queen and, uh, and Mary's coach. So I don't know how far out she gives you workouts, but did you, 
look at them and be like, oh my God, how am I even going to manage this week? And how do you balance yourself in those moments? Um, so I did have to look just so I could plan because, because it's so big. Yeah. You know, when you're spending like four to, I mean, our longest day was seven and a half hours in the pool. And when you're spending that much time in the pool, like you need to know, okay, this is the time I'm going to have for coaching. This is the time I'm going to have for eating and sleeping and all of these, you know, other things. And so like, usually I had my plan a like at the start of the week. So like Sunday night, it would be posted for the following week. And so I would sit down with the calendar and be like, okay, I'm going to swim. You know, the swim's probably going to take this long. I'm going to swim from five to 7am. I'm gonna have a little time for work, go back to the pool at 11. And then the afternoon is, is free. And then did you have an idea like Monday, Mondays were going to be this kind of swim Tuesdays were going to be like a shorter tempo swim or, or was it mixed up? Yeah, it was different every week. It was. Yeah. Okay. So that's really like when you kind of know like, okay, Monday's always my recovery day, Tuesday's yeah. this, but with this, did that kind of shift with the, with the swim challenge focus? Yeah, it, it definitely. And as we got closer and closer to the event, um, I did have like a rest day here and there um, and I did have more recovery swims. Um, but yeah, I mean, every week was different. So what is the key to staying balanced? I, that word is so funny, but yeah. what, is, what is the key to you for you? Like in a day, um, in a, within an hour, within a week, when you look at the plan, what's key for you? Yeah. I mean, I don't, and I, I feel like we might've talked about this once before, but I don't believe in balance in the truest sense of the word. I mean, like that doesn't exist, but I know that like right now my focus is scar and I'm going to put my time and my energy into preparing as best as I can. And at some point scar is going to be over and then, you know, something else can have more of my time, but you know, just on that, like week by week basis, I think that the, the the most important thing is just be wherever you're at. And so if I'm swimming, I am going to be in the pool and swimming so that when I'm done swimming, I can get out of the pool and be with my friends or be at work and not be thinking about, oh, I wish I had done this differently in the water. It's like, just wherever you're at, be there. And then you don't have to worry about balance because, you know, if you're with your family they have your time and your energy in that moment. You're not distracted. So that's my balance. <laughs> that's, that's my balance too. Just be right where you are. Because balance has nothing to do with a calendar. Balance no. has nothing to do with a training plan. Balance has everything to do with not being where you're at, living in the future, being hurried by that, being yeah. anxious because of that, and being you know, dragged, like dragging around that trailer of the past. Just be right where you are. Yeah. It's it's the best place to be. And it's the only place that you're going to be your best swimmer, your your best surgeon. Like, yeah. it's the only place that you're going to be. So one last thing, though. Yeah. How's your, like, where do you feel your swimming is right now oh, after that? Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any, let's, because, you know, people want to know maybe numbers, but do you have, like, a perspective on, like, if you did a thousand time trial before and then a thousand trial time trial after, where would that be in relation to uh, where, you, or is it just a feel thing? It could just feel yeah. you can pull through. It's a, it's mostly a feel thing. Like I feel really strong right now. Um, but I did do a workout the other day. Um, and I forget the exact yeah. details of the workout, but there was like 
somewhere in the workout, I was doing hundreds band only. And in the past, when I've done like sprint hundreds band only, I think my fastest ever time, like might've been a 118 or something like that. And I was swimming like repetitive band only hundreds on 120, like barely breathing. And I was like, this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's, it becomes you that it's not just about training, going to the race and then getting like that race become, it is in your cells now. You've got that strength. And if you continue the momentum, you're going to get more strength and more strength and more because we don't have we don't have a limit, and yeah. we'll, we'll, no, maybe, the limit, we'll maybe talk a little bit about that perspective it's that, mindset that you have shift. now. Yeah. I think there's totally something to whatever you're doing, bike camp, swim yeah. camp, run camp, whatever you're doing, frequency and standing up to what you believe in. Like You can you can run every day. You can swim yeah. every day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In, in a specific like f- week of focus or month of focus or months of focus. So, yeah, there's just something to that. Yeah. There's something to that. All right, I'm going to switch gears over to you, Beach. Um, we're going to start with Telsa's question because um, I think that it's important for people to know that not even the week leading into the race, but I would say probably two weeks, 10 days leading into the race, you started into probably one of the biggest battles of your, of your life. And so I'm just going to let you um, talk about that. But starting with her question, uh, she wants to hear it all. How did it feel? So let's talk about what was going on with you leading into the race. And I alluded to it a couple times, maybe subtly, but you were in, uh, you were in a massive battle. Yeah, there, I don't know where to start. There was just, there was everything that you could think of. Um, you know, as much as I meditate and, and practice yoga and calmness, you know, the thoughts do come in and they were extremely flooding in, uh, about the race well, this, um, this is, I think this is so important because just because you meditate doesn't mean you're like that right. everything's going to be it's bliss. Not a hall pass. That's yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Like you meditate, your life's going to blow up more than once. Yeah. And as I've been, so it blew up, it blew up. And as I've been vocalizing things more, like I think it was a couple months ago, I realized I have this, like the throat chakra was like oh. in conflict yeah. of my, my mind and my heart. <laughs> constantly oh my gosh i'm familiar with this <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> snoring in my sleep because everything's like yeah throat, i'm like spitting up phlegm uh when you start to speak your voice like you're asking for some stuff and i was i've, I've been diligent with the universe and telling them that i'm ready for whatever you want to serve me up and so i just took it all on and it and in in that environment um you know i've had in the past many many things that need to change. And one of them is delay. So I've got this delay Mm -hmm. habit. Um, So a lot of things piled on the last two weeks, a new bike, new wetsuit, new bike shoes. Uh, With that came some sensation that came back in my body from previous years. And, and then, um, you know, just the little things I got the little things of stubbing your toe, or (laughs) breaking a glass. Um, all of that was happening. Okay. Everything was... It's like, we're, we're down another glass. Right. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> There's other glasses. There's other glasses. <laughs> Other one we have four. Yeah, well, in our house, there's no, yeah. there is one other glass, so we're good. And a lot of, a lot of opportunity to keep things in motion. I, th- I feel like that was a really big uh, opportunity in this whole experience was to... And not that I'm one to get dampened by 
the the you know the obstacles that are in oh, my I way. You have been in the past, though. I have been in the past. Like you but, would spend time beating yourself up, like I should. Oh, why did I get the bike? You know, a week before I should. But right. you knew, like, okay, this is this getting is the bike a week before was. Um, was the fruits of you acting and acting and acting and acting and doing research and finding out what bike that you wanted, but it was also residual karma mm -hmm. from years and years of delay. And just before you go on, what is that delay steeped in? Perfection. A pursuit of perfection. Pursuit of perfection. It's, I think it really started, no, I know it started doing web design in my career. Like projects would delay because I wanted it to be properly oh. all perfect. Like, here's the strategy for the website. Here's the photos we'll use. Here's the theme. Here's like how how many weeks it's going to take. And it, it never became perfect. Yeah. And as you know, with web design, it constantly changes. So you can update you can update it right now. Like a whole like something that's completed that you thought was perfect. And so I just kept delaying. And I think that's a, a, what one of the roots. What was underneath the perfection, though? What was underneath that? Like. So you wanted it to be perfect, but you were delaying on doing it. So what's underneath that? Unworthiness. Mm. Always comes that back to unworthiness. That wasn't going to be good yeah. enough. Right. That you weren't going to be good right. enough. But as we know... I'm totally good enough. I'm yeah. enough. Yes. I am enough. I am enough. Yes. yes. Thank you, Liz, for... So yeah, so those are the things I was, I was working through. And it was a stand-up fight. Let's give some examples. What was your mind... What was, like... I remember asking you a couple months ago when I was in the muck, I said to you, I said, does your mind ever tell you really mean things about you? And you go, no, never. And I was like, oh, well, that's probably coming. Um, <laughs> I was like, all right, well, mine is. <laughs> yeah. Mine's doing that right now, and it feels terrible. So was your, what, was, what was your mind telling you? What was the mind telling you? The mind, it was coming on strong. I remember that one night, I couldn't sleep at all. And that's when the bike actually was there in the house. And I would stand wow. in the middle of the night. And I, you get and up it was and, right and it's on like the bike right channel. there, like looking at me. Yeah. It's like, whoa, what did I do? What was the mind what saying? What did I do? I sh you know, the, the, the what ifs. What if I waited on this bike? What, I already have a bike that I know fits me and works well. And that's just residual stuff. Yeah. Like, and I was telling you, the one of the biggest challenges was actually like, making the decision that I'm only going to take one bike with me and selling my Quintana Roo. Yes. Like I met the guy, sold it, took the cash and was like done, but I acted on it. And, and there was even hesitation up until the final moment. Not that I wouldn't do the deal, but it was just like the thoughts were coming in. And I just knew this is, I know deep down now that it's all for a higher purpose. Mm -hmm. Like all this stuff I have to work through. I get that. I just wish it wasn't the week before. <laughs> but that's yeah. perfect timing, right? We oh have no, gosh, yeah. we have no, no uh, say in when things are going to work. We yep. have, we think we have a plan, but the universe steps right in. Right, and so we were, so we, meaning me and our meditation teacher, were like, "This is great. This is perfect." You're like ten days out. Like this is perfect. Like it's all going to pass. But it didn't pass. No, it, it, <laughs> maybe it passed for a little bit. I, I feel like you had a little bit of a reprieve, reprieve and then it came back strong. Yeah, so the night before the race, what was that like? Yeah, I didn't sleep at all. I was tossing and turning. And usually I can sleep really, really well the night before. And what were the thoughts? <sighs> what did they say? They're just, it's just doubt. Well, it's what doubt. What did they say? What, what were the words? I don't know if there was actual words. It was just like, 
things. Like, uh, I'm not going to have a good swim start. Where are the words? Okay. That's, there you go. <laughs> um, I don't know if my leg is, my left glute is going to handle the bike. Um, you know, all these people are following me. What if I don't reach that goal? Expectations. Yeah. And how do you think you get past that? Well, I probably wouldn't have been able to get past it a few years ago. Mm -hmm. But what I do is I just, I just come back to right now, this moment. It's constantly pulling me out to these thoughts, but I come back to, to right now and I just say, I'm fine. I'm fine right mm -hmm. now. Like, I'm fine. All this stuff is going on. It doesn't exist. I'm fine right now. Yeah. And a really deep theme that was coming in the past two or three days was that I owe it to myself. I've done bike camp. I've mm -hmm. up-leveled my swim. I'm a fast runner. Like, I owe it to myself to show up. To try. And give it everything. Yeah, mm -hmm. I try. That's good. Yeah. And I don't... This is the first time... I mean, I knew he was in the muck, but I just... Um, just let him be there. And mm -hmm. so I wasn't, I know what it feels like to be there. And the last thing you want to be doing is asking him, answering a bunch of questions yeah. about how you're feeling. How exactly. You're doing, what you're exactly. Feeling, what are you feeling now? Yep. Because who's that for? That's <sighs> not for him. That's for me. Mm -hmm. So then I get, you know, then I get to have an experience in allowing, again, allowing him to suffer and how do I navigate that? But so this is kind of the first time I'm hearing this as well. So thank you. Um, so, uh, Telsa says, so you put so much into this one. Was it different from, a, from other Iron from other Ironmans? And so what I want to say is that you've been doing this for a long time, and I've seen you put so much into every single one. Mm -hmm. So obviously more people know you, they're following you, they love you because how can you not? And they want you to succeed, which is amazing because that gives you a lot of push in the momentum uh, down the slipstream. Mm -hmm. But... I see that you've done so much for every race, but so the question would be, was this one different or how was it different? This one, I just, I was mixing everything up because every, if you keep doing the same things, there, there is something to keep doing the same things if, if you show success and it's not everything, you know, some key workouts, some key things with your eating. Like I, 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 I'm a big believer in that, but if you don't mix, if you're getting the same result and you're not changing anything, you need to mix it all up. Mm -hmm. So I did bike camp this year, which was, which was huge, which was at Mary's, uh, recommendation. Uh, spent three months, October, November, December, just biking. And people are going, Oh, where's the bike camp? Yeah, there were people asking, like, the where can I, can I sign up for that bike is camp? It, sure. Yeah. The Join the team and uh, I'll give you... We'll be happy to assign you bike camp. Yeah. <laughs> be careful what you wish for. Yeah. So, I can attest that bike camp happened in our 400 square It was self-imposed bike camp. Yeah. Yes. I learned how to nap during bike camp. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was good. It was really... It was. I did five to seven rides a week, over 200 miles every week. Uh, quality, some just long sessions, getting out on the hills and just logging time on the bike. And yeah, just being on the bike, I think up levels your confidence in knowing that you can, you can push harder. But also I was like riding with some athletes and uh, I got out and rode with uh, Scotty and Carrie. Um, and 
that experience was so eye-opening, like how Carrie professionals... Carrie and Carrie Lester and... And Scotty and uh, Fuglis, yeah, uh, from Keep It Simple Coaching, and just went on rides with them, and it was just to be, again, like to be in that atmosphere of greatness, I think, uh, just just begins to soak in and absorb in, in your performance and what you think is possible. Like, there's no way I would go out and do the, some of the rides that they would do, but I went and did it and I didn't care. The worst that can happen, when I was in bike camp, I would I would keep saying this when people were asking, is the worst that can happen is I'm left on right. my own to bike. I know, I know how to get, get home. home. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the worrying about not keeping up, that's yeah. that went that went pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. So and bike camp, okay. Oh, do you see how Scotty and Carrie inviting you on like there was one day that you and Carrie just went out so here you are out with this like Ironman champion and you're going out and you're riding and you know these guys are are really strong riders and you were like this scares the heck out of me but I'm going and so can you see how those experiences in strengthened you for what you just went through absolutely absolutely yeah and that it's, you, in that being willing to be out of your comfort zone and the and just dismissing the doubt of I I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep up with them as they well we'll go find we'll go find out mountain. I'm going to go yeah. find out yeah yeah it, it was an extreme mental up level but the physical was such a nice little gift as well yeah so to answer Tulsa's question about how this one was different do you think that this one was different in really this mental battle that you were bringing into it. I think it. so. I haven't had it in a long time. I don't think I've time. ever seen this. Yeah, it was, it's, but, but it also shows that the work that I'm doing is exactly what I need to be doing because mm-hmm. it's stirring some old habits and old stuff up that I want to clear out now and just keep moving forward because progress, all signs are pointing. If you need to have a sign, like I'm, you know, I'm very in tune with how I feel. Um, and how I feel is everything's progressing and moving forward. And there were so many things that were obstacles that were popping up. Just give an example of one. Maybe it was that thing that you ordered from Canyon. Remember that? Oh, the Garmin mount? Yeah, like this is just one example. Just one example. I ordered... The many things that were happening. Yeah, the Garmin mount week. for the Garmin bike that goes in between the, the bars. And I don't know how it works. Maybe they need to explain it to me, but it, I put it in there and there's... You get the bolt in there, but there's no way to put the computer on because it's right between the two bars. Mm-hmm. So if I want to keep the computer on, I got to take the whole piece off. Yeah. Well, what about the whole ordering of it? Oh, and the ordering. <laughs> you like ordered it. Ordered today. it, and it it was going to be shipped to my house, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to be here at my house. <sighs> so can I have somebody pick it up and drive it up? That's coming in, and it was like, let's just see if I can get another one shipped up there. So they do that, and then shipped it up here and because it's an airbnb they needed a signature and he wasn't here at that time so then they got dropped to the fedex this is great this is i mean this is you just take it step by step (laughs) so then you go to the office i called fedex and and i asked if someone who isn't the owner of the address can they come and they they went into this whole story that i need to get proof instead i just walked down there and showed my id yeah and uh they gave it to me but you had ordered it two or three times with plenty of time to get it shipped to our house, but the orders weren't going Orders through. never went through. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like all, and then I didn't end up using it on race day Yeah. because it doesn't, it doesn't work for me. So it just, but what comes out of that is you just keep that forward momentum. You just keep that solution energy, like yes. always looking for a solution. Okay. Now what? Now I need to order another one. Great. And now I need to ship it. Uh, do I need to pay extra? Great. Like yeah. keep momentum 
moving forward. The universe is like giving you opportunities, but it's so easy to fall back. There's countless reasons to fall back on it. I can just elastic the Garmin or I can, I won't work, I use a computer. There's like tons of things that would give you an out, but yeah. you know, this but is just an opportunity. Why you choose those outs? Because I want to change the habit. I want to change the mm-hmm. habit. More mm-hmm. solution sourced. All right. So she wants to know about your mental uh, setup for the swim. I ha- all this drama going into the race. I actually got there on race morning and actually had, had a good perspective on where I was going to go. I was going to go in the first group um, like we did in Tremblant. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking back to Tremblant. It was such a great swim. And that my goal was to stick to the outside. I was like the fifth person in in my lane and just stayed to the outside on that whole first loop. And mentally, I don't, I did not panic at all. I didn't have any hesitations or doubts. It was just like, just get to work and get warmed up. I did feel some, some uh, tightness in my lats, like, like swimming a little bit to start because I hadn't swum much in a wetsuit, mm-hmm. but my mental game was on. And then as soon as I got to that first turn buoy, it, you know, things start to click. Like once you get past that initial rush and it was just, what do I do in the pool? Like just move the water, keep moving that water back, pulling the water back. And even on that second loop, so the first loop I stayed on the outside and on the second loop, tons and tons of people. Yeah. So this was pretty cool. As I got to that first turn buoy after coming out, it was mayhem. And staying to the outside would have been like almost at the shore. Yeah, like yeah, it was, way far out. Yeah, it's really yeah. far out. So I started to work my way in and it was kind of like this white beam headlight coming through. It was like, I'm coming through. And I would take three strokes, look up, oh, there's somebody there. So I shifted to the right a little bit and swam three strokes and looked up and I saw another person up front, put my head down. I looked up again and they were gone. Like it just yeah. kept opening. And I think that's two things. One is to have that energy of you're going to, what you focus on expands. Mm-hmm. So that space is going to open up. Two, as a swimmer in open water, you must learn how to sight. It's an absolute, absolute must. Yeah. Going and swimming with your head down and then coming up like, I don't know, 20, 30 strokes later is not is not going to get you the straightest line. Yeah. And if everybody started doing that, wow, like we would have this whole pot of fish yeah. swimming together. Oh, well, I plus think- as you were, I mean, kind of like what you were just describing where you're kind of navigating around and through people, if you just have your head down and you're swimming and you're not looking where you're going, you're going to end up on top of someone and then have to come to a complete stop. And then you're upright in the water and trying to figure out how to get around them. Whereas, you know, just pick your head up a little bit and you can go, okay, this is my line. Right. And... Yeah. I can't tell you, yeah. I saw at least 10 people coming from the return trip of loop one, swimming into the flow of people who were already going. Oh, that's going far. In. Yeah. It was far. I was in, And I was watching it with Jody and Ben. I was like, now watch this person. They're like, why is he doing that? They said, because he, <laughs> They're not looking. He or idea. she, they weren't sighting and you could see. And then boom, like we saw some really good collisions uh, right out there and just fully into the stream of people yeah. swimming in the opposite direction. So sighting is huge. Yeah. Let me just finish that too, because as I got to the furthest point, you know, I was going to stay in that same line, but then I saw wide open on the inside of the buoys and you can go on the inside. Yeah. So what I normally do is swim on the inside. So this was the opportunity, like yeah. change the game. Like there's the spot. So I just stayed inside the buoys the whole way on that second loop on the return trip. Mm -hmm. It was wide open. And you swam a 104, I think, in some change. Yeah, so five minutes on this course. 
Cool. Yeah. Which it, was is that the, your second fastest swim? Second fastest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chamblant was my first. And you said first. it was pretty choppy out there. It got it got pretty choppy. I don't know why it got choppy. I don't. It's, was it's it just windy? That second loop where you're like dodging. It did yeah. get windy. It got a little windy. Um, there were boats but I, out there. You know, there. there's a couple thousand people in the water, yeah, so it's gonna get choppy. Yeah. And you're you, you're swimming with them. Uh, let's keep going with her questions, and then we're gonna move back to Mary. How, how are you, what about transitions? She says, how about your transitions? Do you feel like your transitions were, I feel like you're really good at transition. You've always been very mm-hmm. efficient. You feel like that was in flow. Definitely. Yeah. yeah What's fr- the key to being in flow with transition? Don't linger. Get, get in, empty your bag, put your stuff on It's it, and get out. Don't be looking in your bag for what ifs. I, I've gotten, I don't do special needs bags. I don't do anything yeah. that's going to carry away my attention from staying focused. And staying focused means that you can shift and be flexible when the challenges arise. Mm-hmm. Like, like, just get your stuff out of the bag. And my, my transitions are so quick. Well, quicker <laughs> in my mind, they seem pretty quick. Because I just, I just get it done. Put on my yeah. running shoes. Get, I know when I'm putting on my stuff, like I need Vaseline. So the guys bring over Vaseline. And I know, you know, is there a porta john out front? Um, outside the transition after the run. I mean, after the bike, because I know I need to go to the bathroom. So bang, like that's it's yeah. like things yeah. that I'd know to just dial in. And and, and a and, little a little shout out to our friend Jan, who she had a smoking fat. She was like in T, T2, I think, for three minutes. Like she was in and out. Yeah, she's quick. Yeah, she's quick. <laughs> she's efficient. And staying focused, like you said, staying focused. So focus to me is like, you're paying attention to what you're doing while you're doing it. So you are in the experience, you are present. And the flexibility is going to come because you're not in a story about what's happening. You're in the experience of what's happening. And being flexible is all about being in that solution energy that you talked about. And so a really big message here is that the problem and the solution are two totally different categories. So if you're in the problem energy, you're not going to be able to get the solution. I mean, you might be able to get it eventually, but it's going to be a hell of a lot of work to get there when you can just shift and be like, I'm in the problem right now. And the the solution is not here. Hmm. Like you got to get into that solution energy, I think. And that's key for staying flexible. So we're going to bring in Jesse's question here because Telsis also wants to know about the bike. But Jesse wants to know, how was it racing on a new bike on a long course without any training time? And <laughs> pretty much, Jesse, that is absolutely correct. There was like very little training time on the bike. I had a great bike. Yeah, you did. I had a great bike. I did have a flat coming out of T1. A lot of people have flats there. I think it was that. that There's a bump, a bump. And it says, I don't think it, it says bump at the second one. The first one, it doesn't. There's a spray painted no, orange it, mark. It said bump pretty quickly after there was like a yard sale yeah. of water bottles and flat tires. Yeah. I probably should have. When you see that orange, you should probably just sit up. Um, and knowing the roads around here, you, right, you got to take them so seriously. you excited, right? You're yeah, like, I was like in arrow. I was like, all right, I'm going. Like, this is awesome. Like, pump it. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Flat tire. Oh, that's, I don't think anything's happening. It was like, shh. Oh. Yeah. And I pulled over to the side and... So you were on the bridge. And I was on the bridge. You're like, I don't know, Point not even a quarter one. mile into the race. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But besides that, I mean, that was even solution energy. Yeah. Like it happened... Oh, flow. Talk about the flow, about the scooter. Yeah. So I was able to, I was able to get my tire off pretty quickly. Just stayed calm. I could hear people in the back like, oh my God, that sucks. Uh. Like, <laughs> he's going to be so pissed. You're like, go away. Yeah. yeah. I was like, go no. Away. I was just like, okay, what do I need to do? Tire irons. Tire comes off pull out the tube. And then the guy in the moped comes up and he's like, do you need some help? I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, 
He's like, you're lucky. Like I had scooter problems. So I was delayed in getting out yeah. of transition too. Thank like, you, universe. Awesome. And this was the scooter guy. He had a helmet with the alligator um, oh, things yeah. on the top. I don't know if you saw him. I don't know if they all have them. But I, did, I saw him again about an hour or two later on the ride. He gave me a big thumbs up. Nice. Um, he was really awesome. He did it all. He yeah. put, pumped up my tire, put it in, reattached it. Um, but yeah, I, that could have been an experience. And then I could have gotten caught up in like, I have no other flat. I have one tire, one yeah. tube. Uh, but I didn't. I just went with it and... Oh, and even he was like, how much do you want it pumped up to? And I and I, I really don't pay close attention to that. So he was like, how about 100 PSI? I was like, that's perfect. Sure, great. <laughs> Let's go with it. <laughs> awesome. And uh, yeah, so got on the bike and, and just went and raced the bike and didn't have many thoughts of what I had anticipated it to be. Like my left glute was going to fire up my lower back, you know, how my shoulder is going to be. Well, in, I think that's setup. a really important point because you weren't, even though those thoughts were coming in about like, oh, what did you do with like the bike and you're not training on it and the position and you haven't seen Ivan yet and all this stuff. And, but because you were not giving those, giving all that negative thought and doubt food over that week or 10 days leading into it, it wasn't showing up on race day. It knew it had no place there. Honestly, rarely do the things that are in your awareness the week of show up on race day. And yeah, I can yeah. count all my races um, with that happening. So new bike going into a long course race with no training. How is it something you would recommend? I don't recommend it. No, it's not ideal. It's not ideal. If you're willing to throw yourself into the Grand Canyon and figure <laughs> a way to get out of it. Yeah. Like to have that experience. Absolutely. And that's what I was hoping with this is just to see how like defy what's possible, defy what, what your belief system is. And what do you think, how did it pan out for you? Oh, amazing. It would, it, it was a fast bike. One of yeah. my fastest bikes ever. It rode really well. I've, I, you know, not having much time on it, but now I have, you know, I had a good solid five and a half hours on it. <laughs> yeah. I was telling Mary before it's so rigid. It's a Canyon S, uh, CFSLX and it's just really dialed in like yeah. German engineering. Like. You were saying that the, you know, the roads are, the roads can be pretty rough up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, which is not a reason to demand a refund for your race. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> some people are a little upset about the asphalt. I oh, hear, dear. But yeah, I know. Oh, dear. So we can get, if that's you, we can get underneath that if you're willing. So just get, shoot me a message. But you were saying that it handled really well, like on those on those rough roads. I I'm really eager to do some climbing with it. Yeah, Chalk Hill wasn't enough. Like, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, Penticton is calling. I think. Ooh. Let's actually let's just finish up um, the run. So you told me you gave it all out there. Yeah, I, I had gut checks constantly. I didn't have my quick feet. You know, n- normally I can hit six. 45, seven minute miles out of transition. And I know that that's, I got my quick step going. Yeah, I think your first mile was over 730. And I was like, oh yeah, there's something that's. Yeah, it was, the legs, you know, we're not our body, but the thoughts but were strong. S- but you still have a body that needs to get across right. the finish line. My legs were feeling sensation and yeah, I, I kept pushing. You know, when you're in that space, on the marathon and you're like, I can stop at the aid station or I can just keep motoring through. Mm-hmm. I kept trying to motor through, take what I could, at least for the first half of the race. And every time I felt myself 
And this is where presence comes in. Every time you're running with someone and you feel like, oh, this is a good rhythm. <laughs> can you surge and go a little bit faster? Because they could actually be holding you mm-hmm. back. Yeah. So I kept doing that. I kept surging and seeing how long I could hold the pace and then, you know, eventually had to dial it back. And I kept doing that, doing that. I did it the whole race. Sometimes it wasn't pretty. And I really feel good about what I did on that run because I showed up in the moment. And even those, I think it was the last three or four miles, it's like, what's the worst that can happen? And our meditation teacher said, you could die. Like, so what? Yeah. So what? Yeah. So That's like, what he follows it up with. So, so what? <laughs> so what? <laughs> We're all going to die at some I'm point. I'm like, you are so our teacher. I love yeah. it. Like, just take so it to like, the So I was like, I'm going to, you know, just keep going. And, you know, I was getting dizzy and yeah, all the, you know, all the stuff that comes into your, your awareness when you're, when you're, when you're going hard or you think you're going hard because yeah. you think you're running hard and then you look at the splits and it's like, really not. Is that really as fast as you were going? Mm. So yeah, I so said, I'm just going to go die. I'm just going to go die. I'm going to see if I can die. That's like, I don't know um, <laughs> if you have a favorite pre quote, but that's one I have is like, the only pace is suicide pace. And today looks like a good day to die. Oh, oh I, like that. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. See? You're pre, babe. Yeah. You're meditator Bob. So I'm here. I'm here to tell you <laughs> about the story. So Apparently he did not I die. I did not die. Well, do you think that I, I think a part of I think a part of my old self died on that course yesterday, which is good. Really, really good. Really yeah. good. If that's all this is about, and to tell us this question, like all this hard training and everything, the time commitment, the bike, like all the, all of that. If if I come out of this with leaving something of my old self behind, then wow. Yeah. Extreme gr- gratitude. Yeah. I, actually, in meditation today, we were meditating and. Um, I was right here and BJ was on the bed. So we were right across from each other and right before it's always right before the timer goes off. I get like, I'll get these downloads and I heard this. I just heard this message that, that a part of BJ that he no longer needs died yesterday. Yeah. And that it was, and that was what this was for. I got this, this very purposeful message to deliver to you that that was what all of this was for because that part of you was fighting so hard for food and you kept starving it and starving it and yesterday it died. Yeah. Struggle. Brutal. Mm -hmm. The cocoon. (sighs) Yeah. You got to go through the struggle. Yep. And you got to let people go through the struggle. Ah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, you gotta let you gotta you back gotta let off people and people go through the struggle. Yep. Um, okay, cool. Let's uh, we're moving back. We're moving back to Scar. So it's a four day event, and give mm-hmm. everybody just an idea of of what this event looks like. Um, so it's four days, and it's like the first two days were nine and a half miles, nine miles. Third day was seventeen, and then the final day is six point two miles or ten k. Um, it's English channel rules. So no wetsuit, um, the water temperatures, it was four different lakes. And so it varied a little bit by day to day, but it was basically like low to mid sixties. Um, the first day was our warmest and it was, we, we had some spots that were definitely in the seventies on that first day. Um, but it can be a little bit chilly. How did you prepare yourself for cold? You're, you're not a huge fan of open water swimming. So you knew it was going to be cold water and no wetsuit. Mm-hmm. How did you prepare yourself for that physically? Let's talk physically. How did you prepare yourself? I mean, I didn't really. Because um, one day you went out and you swam in the lake. 
Yeah, we had a we had we did have one um, training day or two. No, I think it was only one. No, I did. I did do two because I did. I had my kayaker come down. Um, he lives up in Prescott, which is a few hours away. So I had him come down one day and we did a 10K um, in Canyon, which was our second lake. And then my um, training partner, she had four different kayakers, one for each day. Um, and so we took one of her kayakers out and did 12K um, in the first lake. And it was maybe a month or so before scar so um very very cold at that point i mean i was like shivering and i i had a wetsuit on on that on both of those training days i did wear a wetsuit and i was shivering by like 5000 in i was like oh boy yeah so okay now let's <laughs> there was a lot of opportunity let's for the, let's switch to the mental prep so i remember that workout you really struggled yeah and how did you get how did you recover mentally from that or how did you not um, indulge. indulge. Mm. Yeah. I mean, really, I, I mean, honestly, like my, my way of looking at things is often like, I'm, the, I, I'm not the first one. Like I didn't invent scar. There's been dozens of other people who have done scar and nobody's died from hypothermia. So like, it's going to be what it is and I can't control it and it'll be fine. Um, I tried to think of things that would keep me warm. There was a day that I was like, okay, I'm going to, um, the, the second open water swim we did, I was like, I'm going to put Vaseline on my hands and feet because I've read that this is supposed to help, you know, those are your spots where heat really leaves the body. So maybe if I can cover those up a little bit and I mean, it seemed to work okay. I didn't actually end up doing that on during the event, um, and I also had hot, um, coffee available on my kayak, never took it, but it was there if like I needed something warm on the inside. Mm, that sounds lovely. Yeah, it does sound yeah. nice. Was it the, uh, the Starbucks instant? <laughs> was that, was that? Yeah. I, I needed that Heidi. for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, we actually, I have this, um, I think it's a Nathan's, but it's an insulated, um, one of those like metal insulated mm -hmm. bottles. And so it'll keep things cold or hot and literally for like two days, it'll keep something like really hot for a long period of time. And so I just made a big pot of coffee in the morning and put it in there and never needed it, never needed it. So Jennifer wants to know, what did you think about while swimming? And was it different? <sighs> I'm going to add this in. Was it, was it different every day? It was different every day. It's really, I don't, I really don't know how to explain this. I mean, if you've been, I actually heard, um, I don't know if you listened to um, any of Colin O'Brady's podcasts that he's done, but he's the guy who walked across Antarctica unsupported, unaided, like carrying a 375 pound sled with all of his supplies for two months. But he was on the Rich Roll podcast talking about the flow state. And like, I have a really hard time putting into words what that looks like or what it feels, because I think if you've never felt it, like if you felt it, you know it. You well, know and as exactly. soon as you know that you're in it, you're actually out of it. Yeah. But, but even if, even if you recognize, like as you're in it, even if you're like, oh, hey, I'm in, you know, like I'm experiencing this and you fall out of it, like you have that experience you know what it feels like, but it's almost impossible to like put it into words, like what that feels like. But I heard him explain it 
And he, he was just kind of describing like the sense of calm. And I was like, yeah, that's like, it's exactly what it feels like. It's just like calm in the chaos. And so you have, I mean, like my three of my days were like right around three and a half hours. And then the long day was like six and a half hours. And so that's a lot of time. I mean, with your head down in the brown water and you can't see anything. And so, you know, it would be really easy to just like indulge in, a, you know, a million thoughts that run through your head every second. Um, but there just wasn't that. I mean, on the first day, I remember just being so excited and like, as the day was going on and my kayaker was only stopping me every 30 minutes to feed. Um, although he had, he had very strict instructions that if we saw bighorn sheep up on the cliffs, he was to stop me and he did. <laughs> and so we just like, he, he like waves at me and he's like, there's sheep up on the hill. And so I literally, I just like turned over. We just kind of like floated for a bit right there and just like watched the, the bighorn sheep. It was the coolest thing ever. But, um, that first day I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I get to do this for three more days. It was just like, that's a gratitude yeah. attitude right there. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. so excited. And then, um, you know, it seemed like, as the days went on the second day and then the third day, I just became more and more immersed in, in the experience itself and just like connecting with the water and the, the infinite universe that was, you know, basically out the backside of my head that I wasn't seeing, you know, the sky and, and everything. And, you know, we, we talk about, the different chakras and just like, as I'm swimming, just like connecting with my kayaker. And a lot of times I was swimming, you know, next to Melody and her kayaker and just like connecting with them as we're swimming and just feeling the support and the, the love and just everything that we were doing together. So it sounds like you were very present. Yeah. Where, cause what you're, what you're describing is just experience. Mm-hmm. You're experiencing experience, like the moment of life, the connection, the non-physical, the formless piece of it, which is really interesting because you're, you're weightless in the water, right? You're already kind of in this formless experience where there's no hard, there's no hard feels Mm -hmm. to push against. And so that's interesting. I never thought of it that way. And I was just looking up the symbolism of big horned sheep. It was about balance and uh, sure-footedness and mm-hmm. finding your way on your path. I like that. Yeah. It's <laughs> pretty good. Talk a little bit more about that experience, about being able to kind of take in what you couldn't see. And you had, you had a bit of a oneness experience yeah, that you had talked sure. to me about earlier. Yeah. I remember very vividly, like, Ultraman Australia, like, what a lesson that was in staying present because, you know, the whole year leading up to it, you're like thinking about the race and what's it going to look like and what's it going to feel like and what am I going to do? And you're like, all of your focus is on the future. And then like at some point you get close to it and your body is broken down and you're tired and you're like kind of ready for it to be over And 
I never, like, I, I don't feel like I went into it ready for it to be over. I was so excited to go through those three days. But I also, when I got to the other side, I realized how much of it I missed. Because, you know, at that point, I wasn't meditating and I didn't have all of this experience. And like, I learned from that experience that I just, I never, ever, ever want to wish anything away, no matter how challenging it is, no matter how many swirly sensations are going through my body and how I feel like my arms might actually fall off. I never want to wish any of that away. And I think just, you know, in the four months that we trained for SCAR, getting in the pool every single day and not wishing that I wasn't there and just like doing the work and being there. I think it just allowed me when the scar challenge finally arrived, um, it just allowed me to have that experience where I wasn't bored. I wasn't thinking about other things while I was swimming. I was literally just swimming and like, I, I think I told you on the, the third day, I just like, I felt like I became the water and, and we're swimming past these just like gorgeous canyon walls. And just like, I was cold in the water, um, on the third day and I was like trying not to shiver, but I just, as I'm swimming along, like I'm pulling heat from the rocks and from the canyon walls. And I'm just like, I was like, I am, I am the water. There's no chop because I am the chop. Like I am part of this. And that my friends is the benefit of meditation. Yeah. yeah. And we spend, we, I'm just going to say the human race, we spend so much time wishing for another now. Yeah. And so it sounds to me, because I've been, I, I live on the other side of this. It sounds to me that you're really grasping that you don't want to miss your life because you're realizing that everything is for you. Yes. And I didn't see you, BJ, wishing any of anything that you went through leading up to Santa Rosa. You weren't wishing any of it away. No, not one, not one thought. Yeah. I just wanted it all. That's how you just maximize your life. Yeah. That's how you live your... So we see all these quotes, live your highest and best, live your fullest expression. You can only do that through the embodiment that you really believe and know on a cellular level that everything is for you. And once you get to that level, there's no turning back. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you go back because what's happening is that your true nature is getting more play in your life. And that's way more powerful than the little small self that yeah. uh, we think is everything. And I think, I mean, you might've said this earlier, but I think it's really important to note that it doesn't mean everything is like amazing. <laughs> I mean, like, I can't You're even tell you, I can't even tell you how many times I cried in training because my body hurt so badly, you know? And it's just like, at some point, you know, you're like failing intervals that my five-year-old nephew could hit, you know, it's just like, but it's all part of the experience. It's all... I don't know. It, it's like you said, it's all for me. It's all, it's for, all for me to be my best self. Yeah. And absorb, make changes yeah. from that absorption 
Or just let it absorb and be like, whew, I just absorbed wow, all that power, like... all that strength, those canyon walls, the bighorn yeah. sheep, the water. You realize that it's all, it's all you. Yeah. It's all you. It's all for you. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, and what we see in the world, right? So we love this quote from Wayne Dyer, like, change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. Mm. So maybe five years ago, you would have been swimming there thinking, God, I'm so cold. I'm so cold. I'm so cold. I'm so cold. Oh yeah. I would have gotten and out now of the water. You ha- you gotten out. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh, I'm shivering. I'm probably going to die of hypothermia. I should get out of the water. <laughs> right. Instead you look at the Canyon walls and you're like, I can feel the sun on those Canyon walls. So I'm just going to pull that heat in Yeah. and let that become me too. Liz wants to know, Mary, the biggest question for Mary is about the mental game and the difference between, which I think we're kind of into right now, mm-hmm. but the difference between the mindset when it's a long distance swim and triathlons. That's a great question. And I think, you know, the biggest difference, Ironman is a very, very short swim in comparison. And so really when I'm swimming Ironman, I'm, I'm thinking about racing. I'm thinking about my breathing and my sighting and my arm stroke and, you know, where I'm at and can I pick it up and how's my turnover? And like, you know, just like in that moment, where am I at right now? Um, whereas in the scar challenge, I mean, yes, we're like sort of, I I mean, it's, they don't even call it a race. Like we're, we're literally not racing. I mean, they did recognize the top male and female swimmers over the four days, but you're really just racing against your best self and the cutoff times. And so there was not the pressure to be that intensely worried about where I was at in the pack. And really there was no pack because there was only 35 of us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think, you know, with the longer distance, you almost have a, a better opportunity to like really practice your mental game because Um, there's way more opportunities for things to come up and for you to feel terrible or bored or distracted or, you know, whatever. And, um, I remember on the, the last day, the final day, um, is an afternoon swim. So all the other swims we started by like nine in the morning, nine 30, um, the long day we were in the water about seven, and then on the last day, we got in the water at like 4.30 because they want you to finish in the dark, which is really cool. Um, but the winds kick up in the afternoon. And so, you know, we kind of were prepared that it was going to be significantly choppier on the last day. And I was swimming and literally like every six or eight strokes my body is being forced underwater by the waves and the chop that were going by. And so then, I mean, you almost like come to a complete stop and you're like, okay, let's try to get my arm out of the water again and keep swimming. And um, as I'm doing this and I'm just like, you know, having this physical experience, I was like, you know, my best friend is on the run course in Ironman Texas right now. And she's had so many obstacles to overcome, you know, against her own body and against everything else. And, you know, I'm just going to send her a little bit of positive energy because I know that she could probably use that right now. And I thought about my friend, Rachel, who is 
going through her battle with breast cancer right now and just how, you know, she didn't choose this, but she's choosing to be positive amidst all of this. And I was like, I'm going to send her a little bit of love and some, some healing energy right now because she needs that. And I mean, like I could literally list you hundreds of names because the minute I started thinking about all of these people for an hour, it was a constant stream of names through my head. And every single person that came into my awareness, I just like sent them love and positive energy. And when my kayaker stopped me the second time, so it had been an hour that I had been like in this state, um, when he stopped me to feed, and I kind of like popped up and took the bottle, I was like, wow, the waters are calm. I was like, I just like totally like created all of that just by like, just by, you know, staying calm and not wishing I was somewhere else and not wishing the water wasn't choppy and not, Not but just like allowing it to be and just like loving all of it. Yeah. So, so the soul, the big self always asks, how may I serve? Yeah. So you were serving in that moment. The small self, the human self says, what am I going to get? Mm-hmm. If I do all this training, what am I going to get? Yeah. And you just had this kind of intuitive hit or this, you know, just kind of this really unrecognized direction, directive yeah. to start sending out and serving others in a moment, which was really challenging for you. But the key for people to really take away here is that you didn't push against. You didn't wish for that, the circumstances to be different. And instead you moved into a service oriented state mm-hmm. and then the oh, waters are calm again. Yeah. <laughs> right? Anything can change. Anything can change. And that was a total reflection of you. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. And you feel like your nutrition was yeah. on point. Yep. The, awesome. No sure. problems or anything. Mm-hmm. Nope. That's so cool. Still all liquid calories. Yeah. Right? On the third day. Um, so the long day I alternated. So I was, I was averaging like 250 to 300 calories an hour throughout the entire event. Um, and on the third day I was alternating. So like one stop I would do, um, tailwind, like half a bottle of tailwind. And then on the next stop I would do two Martin gels. Um, and it was just like, mix it up. Yeah. Just have a little something different. And I did actually, I did try to eat part of a picky bar, but I don't know, like chewing is too time consuming. And so I wanted those stops to be as efficient as possible. And I was like, Nope, we'll just stick with the gels. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So this kind of goes back to you now, BJ finishing up Telsa's question, which I also wanted to send over to Mary was your nutrition. Was your nutrition on point yesterday? And what was it? So yeah, I've, I've, really good at race nutrition. I feel really, I have a structure and a plan and then I'm, I'm easily able to, to adjust on the fly to what I need in that moment. But yes, the swim, I took a gel before the swim as I normally do. And then, so I switched up the bike nutrition this year. I used goo roctane, uh, liquid calories, and I did take some gels with me and I had, I think two of them along the way. And when I had one feel, normally in the past I would have half of a kind of a bar, like a hundred calories every hour on the hour. And so I, I moved more to liquid calories, but with that, uh, on race day, I felt some sort of belly hunger, like a 90 minutes in almost two hours in. So I just took a little bit. I had a go macro bar with me and just had like a little few chomps of that, nothing big. 
and that seemed to, to clear that away. But yeah, it was really easy, especially with the new bike system of having that hydration thing in the front, which I've never used before, but you just pour your water at every aid station. Yeah, it's just integrated. And yeah, it's just integrated. So you just pour that water in there and I had two water bottles and I chucked one when I was done with it. And uh, yeah, Goo Roctane, two goos and the Espresso Love Goo I had. Mm. Oh, do you in. love it now? Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. I know, that's my favorite. Well, the chocolate, uh, coconut chocolate is a really good one too, which I had the first oh, time. Oh, the espresso love. And then the BCAAs I took every 90 minutes, the, te- the pills from Goo. And then the basalt was licking yeah. basalt. Even though the first two hours was uh, covered, covered yeah. cloud cover, you still got to stay up on that game. Yeah. Because it was humid. It was, yeah, it was, it was warm. Um, and you're going to sweat, mm-hmm. even though you don't feel you're sweating. And then the run, you, you want to, Set yourself up for the run, so I took that. And you felt like your nutrition was good on the run? The run? Yeah, I, I started with a gel at mile four, the kiwi strawberry, which like I'd never had too? before, and that was I'm good. sharing all my favorite flavors. <laughs> now it's going to be a battle in the drawer. I'm like, birthday cake. And- <laughs> I'm all chocolate. Usually I'm all oh. chocolate, but, but not for this race. But like yeah. the citrus ones... Citrus like ones are good, good for the for heat. For more warmer weather and yeah, yeah. I started with cola at mile one. Yeah, which I had I have done before, so I do have experience with this, and I do understand the the ramifications of it later in the race. But for me, it works. Yeah. And Did it, you use Coke at every aid station? No, I, I had it maybe every other aid station. Okay. Uh, maybe, and some of it actually I, I like to have it warm, but some of them did have a few cubes and it was cold and actually felt felt mm. really good. Um, what else did I have? I started taking orange slices just to get that citrusy. I don't swallow mm-hmm. it, but I just want that citrus mm-hmm. uh, flavor in my mouth because it's so dry. And yeah, um, but yeah, I think nutrition was good. I think I took some grapes too, which I'd never done before. I think uh, I think my goal on the run was to keep moving through the aid stations and taking in the nutrition I needed to. And I think that was a, a success. So yeah, overall, no big nutrition issues at all. Perfect. And that was, um, so moving into Liz's question, and then I'm going to take these questions into for both of you as we wrap it up. But Liz wanted to know how the fueling was and that did it impact the run. So it sounds like that was all good. Uh, at this moment, BJ, with still much more to process, what was the biggest learning for you? I believe I have ability to perform what's deep down in my heart and in my mind. I've, I feel this, this race, like we mentioned before, I left something behind, but I actually went out and raced the swim and I raced the bike and I raced as best as I could on yeah. that run. And I feel, although the time may not dictate it, it's so secondary the belief system in my mind that I'm okay letting things go or the attachment to having to finish an Ironman. I've done, you know, 15 of them now. It really doesn't matter about finishing it. It, it, What's really important is my ability to stand up to fear and doubt, nullify it and pursue the fastest race I can have on that day. Despite the mind wanting to control the situation. Yeah. Mm. Having the courage to go all in. Yeah, that's a good way and, to put it. And risk. I mean... It's a big risk. Yeah. But if you don't risk it, you're never going to get there. You're risking not standing up to be your best yeah. self. Yeah. Ugh, you're going to suffocate in that yeah. box. 
Uh, okay, Mary, I'm going to ask you the same question at this moment. With time to process your event, what was the biggest learning for you? I mean, I think the, the biggest thing um, is just knowing that there are no limits to, to anything. And it's kind of funny because when we were talking about Ultraman a few months ago and I was like, yeah, I still haven't found my limits, you know, and it's just like, now I know, like, there just, there just, there aren't any, there's never going to be any anymore. And I think that's really cool. It's really. Does it give you a, a sense of freedom? It does. You know, I know that whatever I choose to do, whatever, like strikes my fancy. Like if I put my mind to it and I, and I do the work, it's going to get done. Mm -hmm. And how does your meditation practice help you during the race? Um, I mean, any race during your, during your life. Yeah. I mean, let's say the race, like during that four days, what I experienced in the four days was really just the culmination of the last 18 months. And I mean, it's just, it's like anything else. It's like training. If you don't do, if I don't sit in meditation every day for the last 18 months, I don't have the experience that I had during SCAR. And if you don't do the training, if you don't get up and ride your bike and swim and run and do the training, like you're not going to have the experience that you had on Ironman day. And so it's just like, it's just another tool in the toolbox. Um, How important is it? It's like the most important. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the right answer. By yeah. the way. It really, I mean, and you know, I'm not just reading a book about meditation. I'm in yeah. it too. You know, I've been in the muck so much that I didn't know if I was going to get another breath. Like I didn't know if I was going to die in that moment. It yeah. was so overwhelming. And, but and I just, did. So I'm here. Yeah. It, I mean, it just allows you the chance over time. And, and it certainly is not instantaneous. I mean, there were, there were months where I sat and I was like, okay, well, that was like a waste of 20 minutes, but it's not a waste of 20 minutes. Like over time, you're creating that space and you're creating the pattern of choosing not to indulge in the thoughts that you don't want to indulge in. And you're choosing the thoughts that you do want to have and the reactions that you do want to have and the experience that you want to have. And, you know, then when you get to scar, then it's just, it's there. Right. It's, so it's, it's, it's go into the gym and do like, three sets of bicep curls. Yeah. You're not going to have the result right there, no. but you're doing the training Yeah. so that you become every day you sit in meditation, you become stronger. And a lot of times, especially for a busy athlete, meditation is just a lot of sifting and sorting. Mm -hmm. It's just allowing the mind thoughts to filter through your individual unique mind. And it's just a lot of sifting and sorting. And that needs to clear out in order for you to take on whatever whatever it is in your day or a four day, you know, event that you didn't, weren't quite sure that you were even going to be able to cover the distance yeah. at one point. BJ, same question. How did meditation affect your race? It just brings so much more space, basically. It just allows you to, to, to be rooted in the moment when the mind wants to be caught up in everything around you. And I think this, a swim is just the perfect 
metaphor for it because you're there's so much that can that's fine for your attention the unknown the uncertainty other yeah. other bodies uh drowning like take it to the extreme dying <laughs> yeah like but when you can come back and i say when you can come back you're you're choosing not to indulge in those thoughts they may appear but you're coming back to the very moment the very stroke like how is this arm entering the water am i pulling on this as best I can. And then you do the next one. And am I breathing okay? And checking in with those things that root you in the moment, I don't think would be there if you don't do the work sitting quietly with yourself. And then it's also allowing you to notice what's true and what's not. Mm. So the mind wants to go into saying, you're not going to have the, a great swim because this, this, and this. And it's really pulling for it. But if you just choose to notice it and don't block it, notice it yeah. and then choose another way, like you don't have to indulge in it. And it sounds really simple, but I think over time training the mind is better than training physically yeah. and the body, because that's the easy thing to do. Yeah. When we do the work with the mind, we're getting to the root of it. You know, we're getting to the, the, the deepness, the deep muck. Like we're getting in there, we're pulling up the roots a little bit. And there may be a decline in performance because of it. <laughs> oh, that sounds too risky, Beach. <laughs> Only to come out faster, stronger, and was it yeah. better on the other side. I think it was our buddy Gandhi that said like, oh, I have a really busy day today. I better meditate longer. <laughs> I better do a really long meditation today. Well, that's, that's seriously, that's standing up to that belief yeah yeah that it's it's a negotiable but it's, yeah it's a non-negotiable it's a non-negotiable and you've got if you want to pull up those deep roots that's that's the way to do it um but those things are gonna those things are gonna hang on for mm -hmm. dear life so that's where the warrior warrior mentality comes in and that warrior status is achieved i think both of you have achieved warrior status final question from josie pit and pearl high and low from your experience, Mary? <laughs> um, the pit would be, <laughs> so the lakes that we were swimming at, um, the lake on, I think it was after day two, we drove. Um, so each night you would spend like close to the lake that you were going to swim in the next day. And so um, the first two lakes are still relatively close to the East Valley. And so pretty simple to get to those lakes. And then um, on the third day, we're swimming farther east. And so like we had to drive on this gravel potholed road for like it was like an hour. It was probably like 12 miles or something like that, but it takes like forever to get there. And then when you're done, you spend the night and then the next day you get up and drive that same road to the, um, the next lake. So on the morning of the long swim, they were shuttling us out to where we were going to start the swim. And so we had to drive for an hour in a 15 passenger van on this road and I happened to sit in the middle of the very back seat. And I was like, I just want to make it there without puking. <laughs> 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 and 
Um, so that that was like the pit because I was like, okay, I took some ginger in the morning. I was like, I'm going to be fine. But you're already feeling like after you've been in the water, I think it was like the second day I got out of the water and then just like being on land, you sort of have that feeling of when you get off a cruise ship, like your equilibrium is a little bit off and you feel completely normal in the water, but standing on land, you're like kind of swaying a little bit. You're just like, you should still be in the water swimming. And so to have that feeling and then to have to get in the back of this van and drive on this like windy, terrible road for an hour. Oh yeah. I was like, <laughs> I, I just want to get there and just like lay on the beach for an hour. Oh <laughs> and we had tons, I mean, they, they drop us off and you know, we had tons of time before we actually started swimming, but I was like, that was the worst I felt over the three days. <laughs> and what the was days. the best? What was the highlight? Um, I mean, the whole experience was was a, the, the the whole rest of it was a highlight. But I think um, the first day, so each day that we swam, they would stage the kayaks on whatever little beach or launch area that they had. And then they would put the swimmers in a like a speedboat and take us to the dam, which was, um, I mean, the farthest we had to go was maybe, well, I guess the first day we went a whole nine miles to where we were going to start the swim. God, these are massive lakes. Yeah. Well, it's actually, we were like swimming in the Salt River. So it's just like, it's kind of a long, mm. but it's huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I remember like that morning, it, there was just like all this uncertainty. And I was like feeling a little, like I just kept taking deep breaths because I was like, I just can't catch my breath. Like I was nervous, but I was excited. And then we get in the speedboat and the sun is on my skin and the wind is in my hair. And I just like started smiling and I just had this like huge grin on my face the whole rest of the boat ride. And I was like, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. What about you, Beach? Oh boy. Yeah. It's still fresh in my mind. So what's the first thing that comes to mind? Don't think about it. Yeah, I know. And I, I can almost guarantee you're going to say that every time. <laughs> when you ask me questions. <laughs> yeah. I do. Because I have an agenda to things. get you more into you your do. intuition. So I should probably lift that. Yeah, it was, a real, it was a real struggle on the run. You know, it was in low points aren't hugely low, but they were just, it was, a, it was just a struggle because you, you know that you can, you know that you can run. Well, for me, I knew I could run faster and I've no, I've, I have the physical evidence of yeah. it. So the mind was going into that, you know, you can do this and this is what you, you come here for. And, you know, it was to, to come out with a, a, that sort of performance for me on the run was, it was a struggle. It was just, it was a challenge all the way through. And I guess that's also one of the best, best factors of it because I, is that your highlight too? No, it can't be my highlight. I think it my, can be your highlight. Yeah, I'll leave it as my low point. Okay, let's talk about the high, high point. point. Was the bike and and <laughs> doing the work and showing to myself that I have this capability inside to be a cyclist. You know, we have these stories where, you know, people ask you what's your best sport. You know, of the three, yeah. and and I've always been like running, running, running. Now I want to say pretty much all three. You've leveled um, the playing field. I've leveled the playing field for sure, 
And so to come out of that that bike with all the work that I've done to have a, a really solid performance, uh, pushing my limits, pushing my abilities or my what I think to be my abilities and coming out with a, a really strong performance on a bike that I've only had for a week and all the muck that I went through before to come out and just disprove everything that, that one could say just shows that everything we have is inside us and we just need to tap into that just a little bit more each day. All right. I think that's a perfect place to end. Cool. Thank you both so much. Yeah. That was really fun. And if we didn't cover uh, an inquiry that you have, then let us know and we'll get these guys to get back to you on it. But thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. <laughs>